We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 175. I'm Random. I'm Corey. Ooh. And I'm Cheryl. Well, hello. And you're loud. <laughs> and I'm deaf. Okay, hang on. i got to turn you turn down. Turn him down. Yeah, okay. oh. Hello. There. Now say something. You weren't... You weren't... <laughs> test- you didn't test at your normal levels. You were... I just talked. No, I actually turned him up a little bit beforehand. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, Don't like, oh my gosh. Don't turn him up. I'm deaf now. Okay. Well, you should be fine. Talk. Say something. Talk. I like being that loud. You guys should no. all be under me. No, 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 no. Okay. I, okay. So you can tell right off the bat, this is a very professional podcast. We haven't podcast. even started this We haven't even yet. started the podcast yet. But anyway, this is the happy Aphelion Day. Y'all know what that is? Um... I feel did you, you, man. Did you affiliate today? I feel you, man. Oh, well, I, I affiliated it. I affiliated it. I was out on the water. <laughs> what did you affiliate? I was out on the water when it happened. What did you affiliate with? I felt I felt the earth being away from the sun. God, you're still clipping, Corey. Um, we, we'll get to that in you a little bit. Calm down. <laughs> just bring it down just a little bit. We'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that a little bit. We have a returning special guest, Grant Taylor. Welcome back to the podcast. At first, I didn't think you were going to introduce me, so I was just going to talk eventually. No, yeah. We always well, get yeah, to you eventually. Yeah, we, we always do you're that. You're officially yeah. in a recurring role now. Yeah, you're recurring. You're not a member yet. I mean, if you're here all the time, then God, your brother... It took brother... me like a year to become, you know, I get to actually nah. say my name at the beginning of the show. <laughs> That's 52 times that I have to show up. That's right. Well, we'll figure that out. Uh, as you can tell, we are already going off the rails. Uh, so this is going to be a fun podcast. Anyway, this is the Happy Aphelian Day. We are going to talk about what Aphelian means. And if you are what? listening to this uh, and you want to Google it, just don't because we're going to tell you what that is. Anyway, this is the 5th of July. So we have just went through the 4th of July and all the fireworks displays. And in my neighborhood, they are still... Blowing up. We'll still the, hear them. Yeah, the rest of it. So you may or may not hear the neighborhood firing their fireworks, their leftover fireworks or whatever. But anyway, so what did you guys do yesterday? We went to Miami. You went to Miami. Corey went to work. Corey had to work on the 4th of July? What? This is Branson. We're open for Branson for Silver Dollar. Work. You see, uh, when you work in Branson and have a real job, yeah, you have to work on the holidays. Well, when you get that theater and theme park, yep, I, I get know it. If it's a real job or not? But I if didn't you work have in to Branson, work. Do what? I didn't have to work. You don't work. You in don't Branson. work in Branson. You don't have a real. R- r- you don't a real have job. a Branson. <laughs> you Honestly, don't have a job. I work in wherever I want. <laughs> there you go. Wow. I work when I want and where but I But wait, now did you, Grant, go to he Miami with everybody? with me. Awesome. So what did y'all do? We hung out at my parents and shot off fireworks. Awesome. And you then did. we came home. 
when he had to come home. Um, I want to uh, wrap, uh, not wrap up, what's the thing? Uh, reflect on last week. You said you had stories to tell, but that was going to be for next podcast. Oh, I burnt myself. Did I? You always burn yourself. I, I did. Mean, I, I burnt s- myself <laughs> on the fingertips. It was the worst spot, worst spot okay, because they were so closed. Let's 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 step back a second. Okay. So Smarty Pants over there. We're not talking about that story. <laughs> decided to play with his um, eight, nineteen-year-old cousin. Okay. And almost fourteen-year-old little brother decided to play Russian roulette. With bottle rockets. Don't do that. So Don't do they that. tore Don't off the tail. would not have done that had I been there. They tore off the tails, uh, the sticks. You know, you're supposed to put them in a bottle, right. light them, and let them shoot up. Well, we start this story by saying bottle rockets are illegal in Oklahoma to even have on. Yes. Oh, so we had to buy really? them in Missouri and take them to Oklahoma with us. Well, good thing nobody in Oklahoma listens to we this live podcast. Out, we live out in the country. My mom and dad live out <laughs> on a farm in the country. We were very far from other people. But so they tear the sticks off of them, light them and throw them. And bottle rockets, if you're not familiar. And we can only take two steps. You can only take two steps back into the air. Bottle rockets go everywhere. They yeah, go beer, they just go right. And yeah, it, if you got hit, you were out. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but you were out. Well, the only person who actually got hit was my seven year old who wasn't even playing. Oh, one chased okay, her down. Okay, there's a, there's a story. If you want to hear the story, you can hear the story. Okay, so she was being left out, and I, the being the good brother, being the oh, bigger please. person, being the bigger person, I was like, hey, come over here. And light come this. Come blow yourself up. Come, come light this, and then whenever it lights, I'll tell you to run. And it lit, and I threw it up in the air, and she the ran. Only one, the only fire, the only bottle rock I've ever seen. We were standing in the street. It went like fifty feet all the way to the driveway and followed her up there oh. and blew up right in her face. Blew up right on her chest. See, that's what I mark. don't like. Is sometimes you get those bottle rockets. They will chase you. It did. It literally. Followed they have a her. GPS chase you, and it's like I no. And everybody uh, called me the bad guy. It's like whatever. You were the bad guy. You were the bad guy I for letting your seven year old sister light guy. a bottle rocket. <laughs> I tried to be the good guy because somebody was getting bullied and. I hear I am the bad guy. Wasn't being bullied; she was being safe. But that was in the daytime. Now you you had to come back to pick up Corey. No, no, no. You just came back that night. We left Grant's car here for Corey. We got home at like twelve fifteen. For your information. Oh, at night. My mirrors were adjusted. Just to let you know. Well, you know when you have somebody else drive your car. Who pays for your car? That's a really big. I forget. Listen, I've offered. I've offered. Who pays for the car insurance? Okay. Well, we here we are going off the rails. Next topic. (laughs) So, other than that, this was pretty. you know, uneventful Fourth of July for yeah. us. Nobody died. Nobody That's died. Well, I good. had lunch with Jack and Sherry Hirsch, and it was probably the highlight of my week. You told me that. That's cool that you did that. He called me and was like, "I totally that's, am that's eating awesome. lunch with Jack and well, Sherry Hirsch." It's weird because they said um, they were at my table, and then the table next to us was the Harlem Globetrotters. I kid you not. Mm. <laughs> it's just a fun, t- a weird, a weird day, you know. But I had a good time. Wow. Yeah. They were at Silver Dollar City? They've actually been there a couple of times. They in have the a last show at Silver Dollar City in the summer every no, no, day. No. Are you talking about the Hershans or the Globetrotters? No, the Globetrotters. No, the Hershans own the Globetrotters. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. Now you do. Now you know. They own the Globetrotters. If so you they're see the there Globetrotters the anywhere in the world, they're owned by the Hershans now. I think the Hershans own a lot more than we think they, they own. Do. I- <laughs> 
I get it's it like all. I can go, I can go wherever I want. Hershend owned for free. We but all can. we have people listening all around the country and across and abroad, the pond and everything. don't know the Hershens are. Please give a really quick explanation of who Sherry and Jack Hershen are. Jack and Sherry Hershen. Where do I start? Jack and Sherry Hershen were married in 1954. Oh, good grief. Well, just a can. <laughs> a brief, in the cathedral brief. room of Marvel Cave. Okay, which is where you work. It is where I work. Wait, at. they did what with Marvel Cave? They were married in there. They married. Oh. They got married that, in the cave. That's actually, awesome. pretty, that's actually pretty cool. Sherry was a, wasn't she a lynch? No. Or related to a lynch? No. No. Her mother was a cave guide for the lynch sisters. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. They're somewhere in there. Okay. Fanabelle Nickel. But we're talking at Silver Dollar City. At yes. Silver Dollar City. Okay. So, I mean, they uh, have quite a legacy here in Branson. I... I blame them for uh, most people in Branson having jobs today, actually. They bring a lot of people to the area. Blame them or well, uh, I, promote I, them? I, uh, yeah, you know like, what I'm saying. No, but yeah, I mean, Thank recognize them. them because they recognize do bring lots of jobs. For... They do. Silver Dollar City is a big corporation. And all their it's other things. It's a destination in its own. Yeah, especially for Branson. If you come to Branson, you definitely want to go to Silver Dollar City. Just like if you're... In Tennessee, you go to Dollywood. Right. Which they also own. <laughs> but here's one. If you go to St. Louis, you got to go to the Arch. I don't think they own the Arch. Well, that's a national park. Okay. Well, they, okay, they don't own that. <laughs> now, what if they could? Wow. So and you don't have to go to the Arch. So they are important. Are they... Now, they own Silver Dollar City, correct, and stuff. Are they the the top people? Well, they own Hershen Family Entertainment, which owns Silver Dollar City. Which is also the showboat. Which I mean, showboat, is, showboat is part of that. Yeah, which owns also Dollywood. A lot of which places. Is also, and there's an aquarium nice. somewhere. They... Okay, so now you know what the Hershens are. Uh, I want you to. Uh, I want to re- reflect back last week, Corey. You were telling me last week because we had that flooding rain. All of a sudden, the cave got super flooded. So catch us up on that from last week. What happened to the cave? Well, the now? cave flooded on Thursday. Now we got lightning on Thursday. I w- I was able to give a uh, a tour at eleven thirty that morning. By the time I got out, it was already starting to storm, and I looked down in the waterfall room, which we take an upper trail. There's two trails in the waterfall room: an upper trail and a lower trail. The lower trail floods when it rains heavily. I was on the upper trail, but I looked down to the lower trail just to see where that water level was, and it was just coming up past. The, the barrier onto the trail, but oh it was still boy. <laughs> it was still walkable. You could still go across it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you know, when it starts lightning, we can't go down in the cave anymore. But we left all the lights on, and we got the okay about five thirty. They said, "Okay, there's lightning out there. It's headed our way, but it's far enough away that if you go down now, turn off all the lights, you should be okay." We got in there, and that waterfall room was filled to the ceiling, which is 50 foot high. No way. And it was filled that way for two days. So we couldn't give the full tour of the cave. We had to give the half tour of the cave. So all the water, yesterday. all that rain, like almost five inches or whatever we had in those two rounds, all that water runoff goes right into Correct. that cave. Correct. And therefore, you can't take the full tour. Correct. And I think you you mentioned last time, uh, there's different types of caves. There's there's a linear and then a vertical. And you said this is a vertical cave. 
Yeah, there's horizontal caves, and that's where they find all the artifacts and the bones from prehistoric animals. Okay. The vertical cave, they go deep, so it's basically a big hole. So if you fall in there, you're going to go down, and you might have some bones and stuff in a pile at the bottom of the hole, but the rest of the cave is largely unexplored because it was inaccessible back then. Wow. So that's why it flooded. Because it's a vertical cave. Well, the waterfall room is 505 feet below the surface. It's the <gasps> deepest part we wow. take people into. Oh, my gosh. And it's the Lost River uh, passageway. It's a river that runs like 40 miles. And uh, so oh, wow. anywhere here and to our north, it can rain to our north, and that thing will start gushing as well, even if we don't have rain. Wow. So, and interesting enough, Drains faster when Table Rock Dam gates are open. Really? So we think it's feeding into Table Rock under the water level somehow. It must be running into Table Rock somewhere then. So right. wait, so when, when Table Rock gets high, they open the tainter gates and they they start flowing. So when their gates are open, you're the saying cave the cave faster. at Silver Dollar City will drain faster. Correct. So it's got to be running into the... Because it's basically, we're, we're right on Indian Point and... That's the lake yeah, is right that's there. True. Yeah. Interesting. It used to run into another cave. We have we have record of them putting dye in the water and then it ran into a, a I think it was called Neely's cave or something. Uh this was back in the forties when they when they did that study. Well now that cave is actually under Table Rock Lake because that was before the dam was built. Gotcha. Yeah. See, that's so fascinating. They can't go down there anymore, can they? Because it's under the lake. Um, well, there's lots of places like to go explore unsafe. if you uh, scuba dive, like caves and cool places. Oh, okay. Under, under Where you the got the gear level. and go yeah. under, I guess. Wow. I've heard stories that there's not um, very many good things under Table Rock Lake. Well, there's the myth about that big, what is it, the catfish that's as big as a Volkswagen? Every lake has that story. Every Do, do they? Yeah. I mean, Grand that's, Lake, oh. man eating catfish. <laughs> Huge at the man dam. Again. No. Yeah. No. Well, you know that. Uh, I used to tell a story called the Grand Lake Monster to scare the kids <laughs> when I was when we were staying at the lake at my grandma's house. I love it. And then we, now you know we go, go outside and, their window and <laughs> and yeah make noise and yep good times good times because that's what every good father does terrify well, their children of before course. bed. You know, no monsters under the bed. We just got a big old lake that's going to swallow everybody up. So. Okay, well, that's the 4th of July. I mean, what I did, I uh, I went to uh, Maryland's, and uh, we shot a fireworks and watched the Cap, uh, no, Camp Canacook, uh, which is across the, the table, Taney Como, and they had a huge, like, 25-minute extravaganza. There was tons of people. We were on the west side in Cap Canacook. I can't hardly say that. It's on the east side, so we got to watch that. And we shot off some fountains and stuff. Marilyn got some things. Now, Her- you do something very cool every year because well, you did I something do. very cool with your wife's ashes. Yes. And, you know, everybody I've told this to thinks it's it's a great idea. And it's actually it's something. Amazing. It, it is. Uh, my wife, Karen. Her wishes are she wanted her ashes to be uh, converted into fireworks. 
and shot I up. I mean, who wouldn't? I, I think it's a great idea. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a, an, an archaic idea. Green Lawn Cemetery actually does this. And I mean, different... that's what's amazing is you got it done locally. You didn't even have yes. to, like, send off or something. I know. And so every year, to honor my wife, Karen, I get some fountains, and I open them up, and I put just a little bit of her ashes in them, and, and I go, and we call it blowing her up. I well... mean... <laughs> Launch her. It, it launch it. Well, I mean, if you knew my wife, you know, she would love that. Yeah, she would laugh so <laughs> she, hard. She's a wonderful, wonderful guy. She was a real-life fountain. She she really was, you know, and so I do that every year, so we got a chance to to blow her up or launch her, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it. Watch her explode, explode into the sky. Explode, yeah, so that's kind of my, my thing every year. So, yeah, and so we did that, and actually my wife was uh, Marilyn, my a friend that I work with, uh, Marilyn and Karen have been friends since the 80s, before Karen met me. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, they were best friends forever. I didn't know that. that. So there's a big connection there. So I thought that was kind of cool. Karen was one of those people, like, I only met her a couple of times. And you, like, instantly love her. Like, I you know. You just can't. Like, she, like, totally acts like she's known you her whole life and befriends you instantly. It, it's and true. Yeah. You know, she's a, a wonderful character actress and a theater teacher at Parkview High School. It's just... It's all good. You know, everything's good. And I'm so glad you got you got to meet her. And stuff, I am so. so glad I got to meet her. Anyway, so let's transition into the title of this podcast. So without looking it up and Googling, Grant's over here Googling, does any of you three, I know this is a serious question, any of you three know what aphelion means? Today is, today, July 5th is... Isn't it a sickness? You feel you? It is not no. a sickness. No, All no. Right. That right. would be so your yeah, mom's department. The weather though. podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, you ask the question. Corey, any idea without cheating? I assumed he knew. I do know. So, so I can't say I know. You're so smart. Well, Corey, I mean, Corey, I'm sure you've seen that. You, you know. So, smart. Corey, you, you want to tell people? You, you want me to tell kind. people? Go tell people. The Earth. You have you have planet Earth. Yeah. You have the sun. Yeah. This is a point where I believe we're the farthest to the w- away of the sun. That's correct. We are the furthest away from the sun. Yeah. It's not the tilt of the sun, because that's what changes the season. So when we do the tilt of the sun, that's when June 20th. Oh, puberty. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> so that's June 20th. That was the astronomical summer. Yeah. But now it's July 5th. And we are technically the farthest away. Which is, people automatically just assume that we're farther away from the sun in the winter, but we're not. That's a really, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a big misconception. Because people think that because it's on winter, we're the furthest away. and summer, we're the closest. Well, that's actually opposite. Uh, it's, it doesn't have to do with the distance from the sun. It's how the earth is tilted towards the sun. So when we, uh, uh, the, the Weather Prediction Center uh, said the earth will be the furthest from the sun in 2021 at 17, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, 1727. It was like 430 or 427 here this at our time, I think, right? Well, it, well, it was six twenty-seven Eastern, so it's five twenty-seven. Okay. Really, uh, our time, yeah, twenty-two twenty-seven UTC. So six from that twenty-two, which is four. wait, that's then this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm reading this from the uh, Weather Prediction Center. They said twenty-two twenty-seven UTC. Now twenty-two, you subtract twelve, which is ten. 
10. Yeah, 10. So it's 10 p.m. So 10 p.m., you would subtract 6 from that, which would be? It was 427. Right. So this thing that, that the Weather Prediction Center said 1827 should be 1727. We were floating, They're wrong. We were floating Cricket Creek today. We're, and I could just feel it. What happened? Oh, the first that that feel the aphelion. I I what I did was feel the aphelion. I yeah, aphelion. had my paddle and my kayak, <laughs> and I just set my paddle up, and it just sat there like you do on the uh, the like, broom. Like the broom, the, we're just stand. <laughs> it was just magically floating. We're just stand. We're just stand there. Yes, I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I know the coolest paddle ever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I knew something had to be going on with the sun. It was so far away, yeah. which you would think the sun being that far away, it would, the, that paddle would just fall into the lake, which well, maybe it did. I you know, know how much I believe that? Ooh. I really did go to the lake today. <laughs> but I don't remember seeing you. No, you really did go to the lake. I know in. that. <laughs> yeah, that's my new boo, my new boo drop or whatever. Oh. <sighs> No, but wasn't okay. Now, isn't that because you see that and you know you can make a broom stand up? Because I've gone to the Hughes Theater and the broom is just standing. I was like, that's just weird. But they say it should be on like the precise moment of the equinox it's or the spring equinox. Yeah, I can make my broom stand yeah, up you can any do, day of you the year. You can do that all the time. So, anyway, I think without looking it up, I think the opposite, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, of aphelion is perhelion. I think that seems right. Perhelion, yeah. I, there's a weather school of something like that, and I don't know. So, so what's a sun dog? It's a helion on something, right? A, so say it's a sun dog. dog. It's, a ring it's, it's a perhelion. Sun. Perhelion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so it's not a perhelion. I don't know. You know, I'll look at. Remind me. I'll look at that in the weather school. Remind me of that. Okay. Everybody's like, okay. So Cher's looking. Anyway, no. I had some interesting. Fourth of July climatology records that I want to. That's hilarious because so do I. Oh, really? Is it that? No, it's that. It's the same thing. (laughs) Corey and I have the same thing. Literally have the same same. chart. Well, that's because Corey and I are are the nerds that do this weather. Randy has a. Printed version on paper and Corey has it on his phone. (laughs) Because Corey lives. lives What? What? Uh, I didn't say anything. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you better watch it. You'll be not be joining us at this table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let, let's just go back and forth. So uh, top precip... Now, this is Springfield data. So uh, Almanac for the July 4th, Springfield data. Precipitation. The record for precipitation on July 4th was 4.52 inches in 1983, which is like, whoa. I recall that. You do? Day. I was at the lake... In Grove, Oklahoma, at my grandparents' house, I wanted to shoot fireworks, and it rained all day long. Wow! I was in first grade, so I was. So we had a big rain event because this is Springfield, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Do you remember anything about first grade? (laughs) I do. Actually, I was young. (laughs) Not. I was probably. It was. When I was going into second grade. I mean, I can remember some things about the actual classroom in first well, grade. Well, let's go back. But Kindergarten into first grade is when I really started getting interested in shooting my own fireworks, okay? So uh, it was the year so before that. that. 
So the next <laughs> How do you year, remember I had looked forward to it, well, you and it rained all day, and I sat there twiddling my thumbs with a big stack of fireworks, and I couldn't go shoot them because it was pouring all day. Gotcha. I went to I went to Nichols for first grade. You did indeed. Good for you. I went to Washington. I, I know exactly the exact classroom that I went. I also went to Nichols in first grade. Now, I know the exact classroom that I went to. For our listeners have to know that y'all are, you know, from the Miami, Oklahoma area. But Actually, Corey I'm from didn't Joplin. Go to but first grade. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, you were born in Joplin, but you're not. Well, that's what people say. Where from... are you from? Are you really asking where I live or where I've been for the that's past true. 15 like years? Like you were yeah. really <laughs> born in born. Joplin, but you've lived in Branson majority of your life since you were eight years old. You've lived in Branson. So. Oh, okay. Moving on. Yes, moving on. So Corey, you you pick one. We had no snow, ever on the Fourth of July. I don't even know why they put that on the list. I, I really don't either. Because I mean, duh, it's, like, it's July. Yeah, it's, yeah no. But that high temperature came, uh, and it, and this surprises me a little bit. You're telling me that we only reached 100, and that's the highest it ever went, and that was back in 2012. Yeah, I would assume it being in July, we would have. Had a little more higher record than that in the past, you know, hundred years. Uh, that's what I was. You know, yeah, I mean, now, now, granted, these are just for July Fourth. So yeah. July Fifth, it could be one hundred and ten, but still, still yeah, a hundred degrees in twenty twelve, and the minimum, uh, minimum, uh, the minimum is okay. And that, I thought I find this funny too. Fifty, fifty degrees in uh, nineteen sixty eight. Now this is on July fourth. Just I keep saying that because this is only on July fourth. The minimum temperature is fifty in nineteen sixty eight. Well, it sure was chilly that year. I wore a blanket in two thousand thirteen. Well, you're just cold all the time. You're cold, yeah. yeah. But did you see the record? The record low high was seventy eight back in nineteen oh one. So the record low minimum, no record low maximum. Correct. Hello. Oh, Oh, there's a. People shooting fireworks. Yeah, that's about that time. Yeah, uh, so so the coldest high has been 78. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let me see. I don't know, heating and cooling degree days. I could go into that, but that's let's say that for another podcast. Uh, what is that where it says the mean temperature? So the mean average temperature, I guess. Is that what that means? 78, yeah. Uh the normal is 78, but the record low average was 63 in 1997. I'm not quite sure how to interpolate that. You it's know? weird because it says 1997 plus. See, there's a lot of pluses on there. Well, the plus means it that's happened in several years, ah, gotcha. but the most recent is what's listed there. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And <laughs> you may hear whistling. You know, and if you do, we have, yeah, it's 9.45 right now, and everybody's shooting off fire their leftover fireworks. Uh, okay, well, for this week, the summer weather returns. The temperature's going to be a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Uh, highs are going to be in the low 90s. It's typical summer weather. And uh, on Wednesday, we got a cold front coming through, so we're going to be on the southwest flank of that, and so we're going to get a little bit more moisture, and that's going to cause a couple of poppers. I mean, right now, they're saying, what, 30%, so it's really not going to be anything. Yeah, they were kind of teasing it earlier on how maybe we were going to, it was really going to be something, and then yeah. it didn't end up being much. I don't think it's going to do anything. They even put out a graphic. You remember that graphic they said they put out <laughs> earlier and said, keep 
you know, monitor the forecast. You know, usually when they do that, you know, I hate I'm that. Gonna monitor the forecast and not go camping and all that kind of stuff. But I hate that. Yeah, this is not. You know, and, and, but but those poppers, they can be they can powerful and deadly, and they're very isolated. That's the thing about these poppers. So I mean, I I just really it just. It frustrates me when the National Weather Service goes like five days out and starts saying, there could be some rain next Wednesday. Well, duh. It's it's just they're trying to keep up with the social media. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Everybody's hyping now. Except us. That's why. See, that's why you notice I did not post that because I don't like to hype. We are a no-hype weather place. You know that. It's a no-hype zone. There's there's no hype here. No. (laughs) Grant's just like, okay. He's just sitting there. But there is a cold front coming, a stronger cold cold front coming through on the weekend. And so we've got some better shots of some showers and thunderstorms. I mean, I'm not looking at anything severe. The Storm Prediction Center Day 5, I don't know if you saw that, Corey, up in Iowa. They've got an outline 15% up there, uh, which is interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's July. We're going to have this this stuff going through and... Uh, the occasional poppers when we got, I mean, we, I mean, the 4th of July weather was beautiful. We had like mid to upper eighties. The humidity was low. Uh, I mean, it didn't seem low, but it was lower, you know, so that was really nice. And you can always tell, I said this last time, uh, when you're looking at the forecast, look at the overnight low. And when you look at the overnight low compared to the daily high, if there's a wide spread, you know that's a dry atmosphere. So our overnight lows the next couple of days are going to be creeping a little bit higher and a little bit higher. Uh, so we're going to get lows around 70 as opposed to lows around 60. So there you go. A little bit of weather trivia. So, Okay, let's get to the next segment. Tropical. 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 It's tropical. Well. Not much to talk about, but what we have to talk about is pretty significant. Um, we got a tropical storm out there. It is Tropical Storm Elsa, which is passing just east of Havana, Cuba tonight. Maximum sustained winds of 50, and that's down 10 from earlier today. It's moving northwest at 13 miles an hour, and I must say that Hurricane Elsa at one point, was almost a Category 2, almost. Uh, max sustained winds was 85 miles an hour when it was over open water, and it was trucking, which is very unusual for these hurricanes. Uh, it was going west-northwest at 29 miles an hour, which is bizarre. All right, let's discuss. Okay. I think Elsa's getting more media coverage because of its name. <laughs> well, we had some of those in the comments. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we, we've had the typical uh, and, <laughs> frozen references all over the place. And it's headed toward Florida. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's strange to do with anything? because we had Elsa. You know, Elsa was from Frozen. She's not yeah. from Florida. We already had, well, Disney. The movie Elsa. Disney yeah. World. Disney, Is yes. it Florida? And then, but, but, and we've already had Tropical Storm Anna, right. which is her sister. Yeah, that's right. That is so right. Oh my gosh! And then Olaf comes later. Yeah, so I say we've got Olaf. Is Sven on there? But All right. Olaf, <laughs> no. the day that we get but a Olaf hurricane, is a Pacific storm, and not oh, a Atlantic okay. storm. The day we get a hurricane, Olaf is the day that I will leave this country. <laughs> well, they won't be in this country. On the no, list. It won't. It'll, it'll be out there in the Pacific, churning it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, now we were watching the Weather Channel. You know, I don't diss the Weather Channel anymore. They are actually really good at coverage on hurricanes. And you were watching right before the show. Now, they're saying, now, right now, tonight, Elsa is at 50 mile per hour sustained. Now, did they say it's going to increase? Is that the deal? They said, don't be surprised if it increases up to 70 miles per hour, Ooh. which if you have a 70 mile per hour tropical storm and a category one hurricane, there's basically no difference in a four mile per hour right. wind. Right. So be prepared for it. Get ready for Elsa. Yeah. The good thing, the projected track has been shifting a little to the west. So it looks like the brunt of it is not going to... It's looking like Tampa, possibly. Yeah. So it's going to kind of come up and take that right turn or whatever. But bands have already reached Florida. I mean, I, I watched the Oh, time, yeah. I watched a time lapse from the National Weather Service down there. It was really cool because it was sunny, sunny, sunny. High clouds, high clouds, and then boom. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're showing some good things. I think I got my Key West cam. Um, it was going to go right over Key West. Now it's going to just, a, I mean, it's being affected. Okay, so we're not saying, you know, everybody's in the clear, blah, blah, blah. No, it, you're going to be af- affected by it. But the brunt, meaning the center of the strongest winds, are probably not going to go over the west coast of Florida until you reach that northwestern shore, which is like Tampa-ish or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Uh, so uh, an interesting note, uh, they were talking about also, at one point, Elsa was a 60-mile-per-hour tropical storm, which is nothing to laugh at. But usually those tropical storms have a low pressure. This one had a high pressure of 1,009 millibars at 60-mile-an-hour tropical storm. That's highly unusual. So, because usually you know the strength of the storm by the central minimum pressure, and Elsa, oh shoot, I don't know what it is now, I didn't write the CMP down, Um, but at one point, it was a pretty decent tropical storm and higher pressure, so that was of note. I don't know if that means anything, except it's very unusual for that to happen. But it's Elsa. It's Elsa, and if, you know, if snow comes out of this thing... Right now we're at 10.08 for the pressure. Wait, wait, hold on. That's wrong. We are at 10.07. 10.07, okay. And at 50 mile an hour. So that that seems more reasonable pressure. 60 mile an hour now. Oh, it went up to... Oh, they've got the update. Mm -hmm. Okay, see, I told you I didn't... what's What's the movement now? Is it still northwest at 13? doesn't tell me this is just a oh okay just a thing well we'll we'll check on that but anyway the the point is it's going to be a rainmaker we've talked about this many times you don't North, have to have a North hurricane northwest at 10 oh it's, it's it's slowed wow it's definitely slowed down okay so this thing's slowed down uh it's going to make landfall i think in you know northwest florida the panhandle i think by thursday i think we got to check on that. Uh, we, we are posting this on our Facebook page. I mean, it, we have listeners in Florida, isn't that weird? And we have listeners in the East Coast, and we have listeners in New York. Uh, so we cover that. We don't really focus a lot on it, but we do try to keep people. It's gonna, uh, it, it might hit like very early morning on the 7th. Uh, it's going to be very close. That's Wednesday. At, okay. Very close at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then by 1 p.m., it's going to be almost to Georgia. So oh, okay. I'm thinking three or four in the morning is my might we want to actually make landfall. Now I'd already made I mean it made landfall in uh, Cuba, Cuba, yeah, today. yeah. 
And that's probably why they it knocked it down to 50. So yeah. now it's going to go back over open right. water, right. Uh, get that juice going. Now, the GFS and the, and the European are, are two of the main models that we look at for tracks. And surprisingly, those two models are in fairly good agreement of bringing that thing up and riding the coast. Now, again, it's not going to be a hurricane, but riding the coast – the eastern coast all the way up to possibly New York before it just like takes out over the uh, north. What is it? The Northern Maritimes or something like that. Yeah. They, they call it something. I don't know. Yeah. I should write this down before I just start start spewing spewing words. So <laughs> we'll do that. Okay. Well, you know, not surprising. It's time to get to the weather school now. And this week's weather school is all about hurricanes, how they form and stuff. I thought we had done this already, but. You know, if if I did, I apologize, but it's been 30 weeks I sit, <laughs> since I since I played this. So this week's weather school is all about hurricanes, what you can do to protect your life and family and property. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. A tropical system has developed in the Gulf of Mexico. We've just gone under a hurricane warning. Do we need to evacuate, or can we just ride it out? A tropical cyclone is a rapidly rotating storm system characterized by a low-pressure center, a closed low-level atmospheric circulation, strong winds, and a spiral arrangement of thunderstorms that produce heavy rain. Depending on its location and strength, a tropical cyclone is referred to by many different names, including a hurricane, a typhoon, tropical storm, cyclonic storm, tropical depression, and simply a cyclone. A hurricane is a tropical cyclone that occurs in the Atlantic Ocean and northeastern Pacific Ocean, and a typhoon occurs in the northwestern Pacific Ocean, while in the South Pacific or Indian Ocean, comparable storms are referred to simply as tropical cyclones or severe cyclonic storms. Tropical refers to the geographic origin of these systems, which form almost exclusively over tropical seas. Cyclone refers to their winds moving in a circle, whirling around a central clear eye, with the winds blowing counterclockwise in the northern hemisphere and blowing clockwise in the southern hemisphere. The opposite direction of circulation is due to the Coriolis effect. Tropical cyclones typically form over large bodies of relatively warm water. They derive their energy through the evaporation of water from the ocean's surface, which ultimately recondenses into clouds and rain when moist air rises and cools to saturation. 
Coastal regions are particularly vulnerable to the impact of a tropical cyclone compared to inland regions. The primary energy source for these storms is warm ocean waters. Therefore, these storms are typically strongest when over or near water and weaken quite rapidly over land. Coastal damage may be caused by strong winds and rain, high waves due to winds, storm surges due to severe pressure changes, and the potential for spawning tornadoes in outer bands once they move on shore. At the center of a mature tropical cyclone, the air sinks rather than rises. For a sufficiently strong storm, air may sink over a layer deep enough to suppress cloud formation, thereby creating a clear eye. The weather inside the eye is normally calm and free of clouds, although the sea may be extremely violent. The eye is normally circular in shape and is typically 19 to 40 miles in diameter, though eyes as small as 1.9 miles and as large as 230 miles have been observed. The cloudy outer edge of the eye is called the eye wall. The eye wall typically expands outward with height resembling an arena football stadium. This phenomenon is sometimes referred to as the stadium effect. The eye wall is where the greatest wind speeds are found. Air rises most rapidly, clouds reach to their highest altitude, and precipitation is the heaviest. The heaviest wind damage occurs where a tropical cyclone's eye wall passes over land. Tropical cyclones span a large range of sizes from 62 to up to 1,243 miles as measured by the radius of the vanishing wind. They are largest on average in the northwest Pacific Ocean Basin and the smallest in the northeastern Pacific Ocean Basin. If a tropical system travels northward outside of the tropics region, then it is considered extratropical or a mid-latitude cyclone. Subtropical systems can form pretty much any time of the year. Their characteristics differ slightly from the usual tropical cyclone in the fact that their energy source is derived from wind patterns rather than the warm water, as their sea surface temperatures is usually a little lower than a typical cyclone, and this inhibits their ability to rapidly grow. Subtropical cyclones usually don't become hurricanes due to their unusual structure. When a tropical system develops in a closed circulation, then the storm merits a name. The names are chosen by the World Meteorological Organization each year. Up until 1978, only female names were used, but in 1979, male and female names were included in the list for naming storms in the Atlantic and Gulf of Mexico. For Atlantic hurricanes, there is a list of names for each six years. That means one list is repeated every seven years. The only time that there's a change is if a storm is so deadly or costly that the future of its name on a different storm would be inappropriate. If that occurs, then that particular storm name is retired.
We hope this gives you some insight on hurricanes as we enter hurricane season. These tropical storms are not to be messed with. If you happen to get under a tropical storm warning or a hurricane warning, then evacuate because it has been determined that a dangerous weather situation is headed your way. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there is everything you should know about hurricanes and what you could do to protect your life and property. I did a little research during the Not live school. near them. Yes. No, yeah, I, okay. I didn't really do research, but I just kind of knew it. Oh, but, okay. But I looked it up some data. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. I wanted to know, you know, we had a huge tropical year back in 2020. Do you, do you recall? Oh, gosh, yes. We've got all the way to the Greek alphabet, yeah. Well, I wanted to know how we're comparing this year to last year, right? Okay. Where were we? Where were we in the alphabet last year? Oh, God. Okay. okay. I'm just guessing. I think we got a slow start. So we probably were not... We had a fast start, and then a pause, and then another fast start. Oh, the Saharan Desert dust came over. Okay, so uh, D? Were we at D at this point? What is today, the 5th? Yeah. Uh, July 6th, 2020, uh, Tropical Depression Depression 5 strengthens into Tropical Storm Edward. Oh, so we're right on track as last year. Yes. That's interesting. Well, isn't that cool? We were at Edward and Elsa Edward. at the same time. Yeah, but that's also scary, too. Yeah, exactly. I because hope we don't end up at the same place we were last because. year. Because. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head... Which this surprised me, honestly. Which tropical system was the strongest of 2020? It didn't have to hit land or the country or our country. Well, I keep getting these mixed up because I keep so thinking of Maria. Of them, I don't and, but I don't know if Maria or it wasn't the that island? weird one that no one could say. Well, Isa Isa Yeah, I remember that. But and, yes. Yes, but no. Okay. <laughs> was that last year or two years ago? No, that was, that was last year. year. Isa Is, okay. And you know, we had such a long season. Mm-hmm. And usually those last few storms, they're, they're storms, but they're not as big as they are in the peak season. Oh, right, right. Well, last year, Hurricane Iota was the strongest storm. Now, that's way through the alphabet and way and into the Greek letters. Oh Almost my the last one. Gosh. 155-mile-per-hour winds, sustained winds, mm-hmm. from Hurricane Iota, which we will never have again because we're never going to use the Greek alphabet again. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on that to see and, how they're going to you gonna know, go. it didn't bother me. Did it bother you? I, no, I, I, I like bet. it. At first, they were playing with the idea of saying, okay, that was Iota 2020, and that's fine with me. Right. It, as long as they attach an, uh, a year to it, right. that makes sense. Like right. Alpha 2020, Alpha 2016, whatever. When, but. And now they're just going to go back to the A names and, you know. Oh, is that what they're going to do? Recycle? I, th- I think so. They're not. They're, or, yeah. That doesn't mean. It, they have new names. They're not recycled. They're, oh, they're, okay. they're new. Actually, they new start names. over with, yeah. Probably names. But we, they start I, over in the alphabet. Okay. And I could somewhat pronounce the Greek alphabet to, to, yeah. to most, most of them. Right, right. 
So, but but this year but nobody I can knew pronounce, how to say Isa Is. But that's I, not the Greek Greek alphabet. <laughs> but I can pronounce all of them this year. It's weird. Oh, that's right. Because we had talked about that. They're all like country names, right? Mm-hmm. We had thirty-one tropical depressions last year in twenty twenty. Uh-huh. Thirty of which became tropical storms. Oh, 30. Wow. And of those 30 tropical storms, how many hurricanes did we have in 2020? Out of 30 tropical storms? Uh, we had 22? No. How many? Only 14. Oh, really? Only okay. 14 hurricanes out of 30 tropical storms, seven of which were major category three or above. Okay. So That's interesting. And they caused a mind-blowing 51... Point one oh five billion dollars of damage. Wow! Yeah, those things, especially if they hit. Now I know Puerto Rico got just slammed. They got destroyed with two. Right? I mean, two of them went over there. At least two. At least. Yeah. I mean, I remember that. I mean, they were trying to get back together again and you know put things back, and all of a sudden, here comes another one in the exact same track. It's like no. Well, who knows? I mean, I'm glad you looked it up. But the most important thing is we're right on track for that. And and, and it's totally expected, really, <laughs> it, was, it is for me. Yeah. Because we're just in that, you know, I used to call it a cycle. Mm-hmm. Like the weather cycle, the cycle oh, of the right. earth was ramping up. Mm-hmm. I don't really call it that anymore. I call it just that's where the earth's headed right now. Yeah, it may be a lifelong cycle, actually. Well, I again, I think climate change is a huge contributor to this. That's going to happen. I'm glad you looked that up. No, that makes total sense to me. Well, let's get to the next segment, which is in other news. Uh, I've got a couple things. Do you have anything? You go. You do yours first, and then I'll fill in. Mine. Okay. I thought this was really interesting. I saw this Glasgow, Montana. I think that's MT. Okay, uh, their radar picked up a huge swarm of grasshoppers on July third that were several thousand feet up in the air, and you could see it. They shut. They posted a radar image. I have that. I'll show you guys. <coughs> Our podcast listeners can't, but you could Google that. Yeah, this huge area of grasshoppers, thousands of feet in the air that the radar picked up. That's wild. Now that happened last year too. I remember having it on the podcast. Uh, in Montana, big, I don't know where it was, but it was right, it was at this time of year. So they must be. I don't know what what the deal with grasshoppers must in be. July is, but they, I know the big thing that was in a Vegas family reunion. Yeah, uh, could, yeah, I know like Vegas and in Nevada. I know there was stuff, but I, I mean, yeah, we have. But that was locust though, or was it grasshoppers? I don't remember. No, this one was grasshoppers. Locust is uh, that's with as well, the cicadas. Yeah, this was grasshoppers. <laughs> And it showed up on radar, and they actually posted radar images of it. Yeah, but uh, it can what happen. You, you can see all qualify. kinds of things on 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 radar. Yeah. What what is, what does something have to do to qualify to be on radar? Like how hot does that have to be, or hot, or well, high? it's how dense, really, because the radar will send out a beam, and it just reflects back. So when you have something that's very dense, like bats, have you seen the the wind? Well, that's different. Yeah, winds go with frequency. Well, I mean, velocity, like the but... big wind farms. Oh, oh the wind those farms. Those yeah. show up on radar because there's so many. They're really dense in a specific area, so the radar beam goes out. So you can you can detect. It, it just things. scrambles the beam basically with yeah. a wind farm. They're not actually picking up the wind farm because they're not tall enough. But but uh, it, right, it yeah, messes with the with the 
the scan. Yeah, the, when, when, when the radar beam comes out. But you can do any, anything that's big and dense, like locusts. The, we have a big swarm of cicadas. Uh, monarchs. Mon- yeah, it, it, monarch butterflies. They pick that up. Anything that's, that's dense, that there's a whole bunch, that radar beam goes out, and it's in high-sensitive mode, which is clear air mode. Uh, very sensitive. It spends a lot of time looking, and they get that return. It returns a specific signal back on the radar. And, and that's I should how have they posted this last night, and I didn't because mm-hmm. I was falling asleep fast. Or yeah. Um, last night, radar got automatically uh, it, it automatically cycles through different modes during times of precipitation like they don't actually put it in a different mode it automatically goes into that mode when it sees precipitation right last night radar was put in a different precip mode due to the fireworks in the area and you could see the Mm. fireworks popping up in all the different towns on the springfield radar scope no way i missed that now i would imagine i would imagine if you get a big um fireworks show because we didn't have a lot of wind. A lot of this just yeah. set. If you get a, a bunch of really thick smoke, because it picks up smoke from wildfires, too. Get mm-hmm. something, anything dense that it can go and reflect that radar beam. I'm surprised. Yeah, I would like to see it. They probably have some stuff the like that. The same thing happened when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Kansas City National Weather Service posted ah. fireworks all over the city, and it was showing up on radar. Which was so cool. basically, the radar goes from space, and then it reflects down to the land, and then it reflects no, it off the of no. space. Oh, oh, oh. It goes from the tower. There's it's a tower, set radar up tower, in, oh. in, in, at the National Weather like Service. Like ours sites. comes from Springfield National Weather Service. Wait, where? What? Where's yeah. it located at? Ours is at the airport in Springfield. At the, at the Springfield Airport. Wow. Yep. This, I'm showing Grant now. This is this is how it picked up in Glasgow, Montana. Okay, I didn't actually think there was that many grasshoppers. How many no. is that? Oh, well, it's huge. Thousands. It's going like miles. 50 million? <laughs> Probably. Millions, yeah. millions of Oh, yeah. But you can always tell uh, on uh, uh, when they have these wildfires, when you have red flag warnings and stuff, you can tell there's a specific signature that the radar will come and pick up. No, it, it goes – when the way radar works, it's, it's beaming. It goes 0.5 degrees up from the horizon and makes a 360. Then it clicks up. 1.5 degrees makes a 360, and 2.5 degrees and makes a 360. And what it does, it's it's listening for any data coming back, and when it gets all of the, the tilts, then it slams back down and starts over again. And that takes about four minutes. And the radar above us right now, there's a beam going above us from Springfield Airport, mm-hmm. 3,100 feet above Branson. Right, because the Earth is not flat. The Earth is round, so when the beam is flat, so the further out it goes, the higher up in the atmosphere it is. So does the app, does the radar update every four minutes? No, every minute, basically. Yeah, it, uh, well, it depends on the mode. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it, yeah. True, but in severe mode, it's one minute. Yeah. Now it might not update on our phones every minute, but they see it. They see it every minute at the National Weather Service because because they, they they can set it so the beam can go around if there's severe weather, and it'll keep scanning that storm, and then that will show up. See at KSN, we had a Baron Doppler radar, which was the cream of the crop. Actually, the National Weather Service radar is a Baron Doppler radar. You don't know that, but it really is. And we had our set to go around every minute, and we had it set with the uh, Naval Observer observatory master clock 
So we knew where that beam was. If it was pointed north, then the second hand was pointed north. And if it was at (laughs) five seconds, we had it synced with the Naval Observatory Master Clock. Oh, how cool. So if it was 15 seconds in to the minute, it was pointed due east. So it was pretty cool. And it just stayed that way. Yeah, so it, it it they have different modes, like like Corey said. They have different modes, like clear air, where it really doesn't have to pick up much. They'll set it in a slow mode, so it can really scan stuff. But in severe weather and rain mode, it's called precipitation mode. It goes it goes faster. And there's a there's even a mode that exists that they never use. But say you have a monster severe cell, and it's the only monster severe cell. They have a mode that will scan that cell. And not go back around. Yeah. But it'll actually stop and go the opposite direction. So it'll and just go the opposite direction yeah, and just, scan that one cell. Yeah. And, and it'll it'll tilt each time. So it, it can give you a, right. a 3D. That's where you get these 3D cross sections or GR2, GR3. Is that what they call it now? Or, yeah. it, I know that's phased out now. But yeah. yeah. But you can get that cross section. It's really this cool. This is just where I nod and where's the national weather? Where's the National Weather Service located? Like I get that the, I, I, I get that the, the, the Doppler radar is at the airport. Well, it's at the same place. Right. There are 92 the National Weather Service offices. There's a different one for different areas. There's yeah. one in Springville. There's one in Tulsa. Now, one, yeah. not always is the Doppler located on site of the National Weather Service office. Not, o- not always is it located at an airport. It just depends right. for a city. Like, say, go to Fort Smith. They have a... A Doppler radar, but no National Weather Service office. That radar is operated by Tulsa National Weather Service. Okay. They actually have two radars. So, see, Grant, I'm, I'm calling up radar scope. This is the radar for Tulsa. That's where the radar is. Now, when I go to Tulsa, Tulsa's over here. So they spit the radar here, and they do that for a reason, because Tulsa is a very high-dense population. This radar can now scan because if you're right next to the radar, you can't see a lot of things. It's called the what cone of silence. That's a radar term, cone of silence. Because if the radar's here and a storm is right overhead, it it can't go up. It's going out. If it ends if the call letters of the radar ends in X, it is not located at the airport. And that's is that what K? the circle is on the map? Yeah. On the radar? Yeah, that's where the radar is. For our podcast, the, people, I'm showing Tulsa, the radar scope. <laughs> the Tulsa Doppler radar is located in a little town called Inola, and uh-huh. that's why it's I-N. Yeah. K-I-N-X. X K-I-N. means it's not in an airport. Yeah. I, 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 those I was going to ask about The same with Oklahoma K. City is out of town. Let's go to uh, Oklahoma City. Okay. See how it's K-T-L-X? See? X means it's, it's way not down here. in an airport. Does anybody know what the T-L means, though? I do. Twin Lakes. Oh, Wait a minute. i got to give you one of these. Hang on. Where is it You've at? opened a can, Grant. They're geeking out on us. No. This, this is a weather podcast. This is cool. Th- we like this. The Springfield call letters for their Doppler is KSGF, meaning it's at the airport because well, I know, there's I know no X the, in that. The K right. means airport. Or... Well, K is everything K west is of the Mississippi. Is, west yeah. of the, is it area. east of the Mississippi now? That is different. That's that, old. That's that, old. That, no, 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 no. That, that pertains to broadcast uh, radio stations and TV stations. Oh, right, right, right. But for yeah. radar, they're pretty much Ks everywhere because it came way after. Oh, okay. In, in the 80s, basically, 88, everything's a K. Yeah. 
Unless you're in Finland. So there you go. And then they start with F. Does that make sense? So it's just, yeah. there, there's so much. I need to update the radar weather school because there's been so many changes since I recorded that. It's all outdated. I think the last time was like episode 30 is when I played a radar. So yeah, you know, Wichita, same thing. Was ITC. ICT. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, but see, Wichita's I remember, here. I remember back when Kate, uh, Tulsa changed theirs. They used to be. They uh, did? Yeah, they they had to change it for some reason. I can't remember what it used to be, but it was I liked it better. So there you go. We love questions like that because our listeners have the same questions that you have. So I think Grant was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk, but you talk. You did. Yeah, the, I felt the, like we were kind of getting off topic, but now that I feel like now that I mean that's technically weather related. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, radars and everything. So well, good. Okay, Corey, what you got for another Keep news? Keep going. You do it. Oh, mine? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> this happened on June 29th of this year, which is last week. A new Canadian national high temperature was recorded. 121 degrees Fahrenheit at Lytton, British Columbia. This is in Canada. It is the highest temperature ever recorded north of the 50-degree parallel. So, you know, if you the, earth, the equator is zero <laughs> parallel. You know, you go 10 degrees and up to 90, which is the North Pole. Or you go down to the South Pole, which is 90 South. So, yeah, so 50 degrees north, that is the hottest temperature ever recorded. But that's Death Valley temperatures. You know that? In Canada. That's messed up. Oh, yeah, it's very messed up. Because they've been in an extreme heat wave on the West Coast and extreme heat wave on the East Coast. But the way the jet stream was was doing, we but we had a great Fourth of July. That will mess with the ecosystem of of that air. Of area. course, of course it will. Of course, because I mean, there's things that can't survive that up there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's just not right. It is totally totally not right. And so yeah, and you say that, and I say this. Okay. On July third, there was a big uh, weather discovery made public actually happened uh, in 2020, but it had to be verified through the World Meteorological Organization and the UN before they could actually make it public. And they made it public two okay. days ago. What? Sure, there like, was what? another record high temperature recorded in Antarctica. Oh. In 2020, and they just verified it. I don't know what the criteria is for verification but it finally got verified. Now it's not a huge high temperature, but for Antarctica, what's what's the high? Wait, what, wait, wait, do they like ever get negative ten? I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> do they ever get above zero? I mean, right. <laughs> well, Antarctica logged, four. <laughs> Antarctica yeah. logged a new high temperature of sixty-four point nine degrees what? in twenty twenty. <gasps> Heat wave. They're probably sweating. They That's just not right. Confirmed that this temperature was reported on February 6, 2020, and verified by the United Nations on Thursday. I mean, it was 2020, so. Well, yeah, everything was messed up in 2020. Goes. Everything. <laughs> it's all good in 2020. What else? Oh, my it's word. It's one of the fastest warming regions on the planet. And it's like, just for argument's sake, what the is the average temperature years. in Antarctica? Cold. I know. 
Well, we can we can find, keep talking, Corey. I'll find out. This new Google temperature. That. This new temperature record is consistent with the climate change we are observing," said the World Meteorological Association. Which, like, they're, they're that also affects their, their animals uh, and stuff wouldn't be able to survive in those temperatures. Well, they don't. It's it's Antarctica. They don't have much now. This is polar bears. Penguins. This is affecting. This is why the ice is breaking off down there. Of course, well, it yeah. Is. So. This is insane. I just looked up the mean annual temperature of the interior of Antarctica. Mean average is negative 70.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa. So the coast is warmer on the coast Antarctic right. temperature. Average is a much warmer of 14 degrees. Whoa, 14 degrees. And they degrees. said the warmest parts of that, that's in the warmest parts. And the elevated inland, they average, in the elevated inland, they average... Negative 67 in Vostok. How do you wow. even survive so, that? But 60, what'd you say, 64? 64.9. That is so wrong. That is wrong. That's wrong. That is. That's pretty it, cold. Are you going to uh, question? It's not cold. It's wow. warm for Antarctica. It's, it's, it's well, it, it's Canada hot for Antarctica. It's 121 <laughs> degrees. The average temperature for How Ant- are they doing over there in the specific, Pacific Northwest? You know, the specific Northwest. With, <laughs> specific with, Northwest. With the climate change, you know, when a temperature, when an average temperature rises in the past 50 degrees <laughs> of one degree, it's more than it sounds. It, that actually the effect, affects yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, think about know, here say, oh, when we go from degree. 33 to 32. You don't get it. Boom, all that rain freezes. Well, in the past 50 years, Antarctica has warmed more than 3 degrees. Ooh. And that's the average thing. So 64 six, that's 65, 64.9 yeah, degrees. Yeah, that ain't right. That's not cool. It's warm. Well, you know, if it gets a if it gets sixty degrees more than a couple of days, I might want to go vacation down there sometime. Sure. No, I'm good. <laughs> do you just take a park? I do want to play with some penguins, though. That would penguins. be so fun. That would be so fun. I had a friend that went one time, and she sent back pictures of her with penguins, and I was so jealous. Oh, how cool! Interesting. Did you know that Ant- Antarctica spans an area of fourteen million square miles, which is Twice the size of uh, Australia. That's big. 14 They're covered million? by 26.5 million cubic kilometers of ice. So, Hence why they're called Antarctica. And they don't have a whole lot of weather stations. They're very sparse, but... Well, yeah. But... Hence the weather one is... One of them got to 65 cold, degrees, folks. and it was completely verified. Yeah, it's like, what are they going to say? Not only it's by cold. the World Meteorological Association, but the UN, which... Before now, I didn't realize that the World Meteorological uh, Organization is part of the UN. Did oh, you? Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all connected. Fascinating. The world's coldest temperature was also in Antarctica. It was negative 89.2 Celsius, which I don't even know what that uh, it's about seventy six, about seventy seven, nineteen eighty three on July twenty first. Oh, wait, that's a long time ago. Shara was that was her birthday. What day? Oh, July twenty first. July twenty first. We're gonna have to have big shindig. I turned four. Oh, yep. that's so cute. 
that occurred on the Russian Vostok station. Vostok, yes. Did you say negative 89 degrees Celsius? Correct. That's negative 128 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. What? That's what this says anyway. What is negative 89.2 degrees Celsius? Now he's getting all technical. to Fahrenheit. 108, 22, 28 degrees Negative 128.6 degrees Fahrenheit. I went the wrong direction. You went the wrong way. I went the wrong way. Now, okay. there's, one, there's one reading that is the same in Fahrenheit and Celsius. You know what that is? I don't really know what we're talking is it about. Like, <laughs> do you know what that is, Shara? I want to say yeah. negative 44 or 40 or 40. something like that. I just know negative that... Negative 40. Well, I know that, like, yeah. I knew you were going the wrong way because... Like we want when babies oh, are, I, when yeah. babies are born, we want their temperature to be a certain degrees, but it's only like forty something Celsius. Yeah, it's the other higher way. Higher in Fahrenheit. Yeah, I went the wrong way. Yeah, negative forty degrees Celsius or centigrade is equal to negative forty degrees Fahrenheit. This is the way the calculation goes. C equals five nine F minus thirty two. <gasps> Calculations. I like math. I know. Yeah, math. Oh, yeah. I can do math if it has to do with speaking medicine. Of babies. <laughs> that's it. Speaking of babies. Uh-oh. Who's speaking of babies? Oh, Corey's speaking of babies. Speaking she, of babies. He better not be speaking of babies. 11 <laughs> babies have been born in Antarctica. What? I didn't know. Ever? And none of them have died. That's good. Well, <laughs> cryogenics. <laughs> nice that However, that's there. Antarctica has the they lowest... They them boogers. <laughs> Antarctica has the lowest... Infant mortality rate of any continent because of the 11 babies born into Antarctica, none of them have died. Now, well, if you go in statistics, yeah, I get it, but well, that's just 11 babies in the history of (laughs) (laughs) 11 total ever. We have 11 born. I hope they have a citizenship card. Where are they born? Are they born at a scientific base or an igloo? In an igloo on the side of the road. I bet you, well, (laughs) no road. Well, they can't drive to the hospital. It has to be right there in the infirmary, I guess. That'd well, be something for our listeners to look at. Hold on, honey. we got to drive 700 miles. Hang yeah. in Antarctica. there. there was a be baby. there in 12 hours. There's a baby born in Antarctica. His parents were scientists from Argentina. Oh. However, mm. you know, usually where a baby's born, they take they can take citizenship wherever they're born. Right. Well, there's no such... Formula. That's what I was saying. Like Antarctica. 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 Yeah, they don't have a citizenship office down there because they have down. You know, it's run by penguins. So he was actually granted. So it's Argentine the second iceberg to the left. <laughs> he was actually granted our Argentine citizenship, but, but he was not born in Argentina. Well, yeah, but if his parents were Argentinian, that would make sense. True. So wow. So you hang a left at the uh, iceberg, and then you see the snow cone <laughs> palace. Yeah, take, a, take a left, yeah. But there is a place in Antarctica called the Argentine Antarctica, because Argentine kind of goes all the way down into South America. Southern Argentina has penguins. Oh, uh, now I knew that. I yeah. knew that. Like right at the tip, right, right. down there. Right. I so Actually, cool. I did know that. I didn't doubt oh. you. <laughs> I wasn't well, it, questioning because it's, you. Because it's, no, he I just thought it was like, cool. No, for real. No, it's cool because I knew that because they're right at that bottom. I mean, they're not far from Antarctica. Correct. Antarctica. Nice. How many wow. miles are there from Antarctica? That's not far at all, really. It's kind of like... Are we what? talking like 414 like, no, or like 40,000? It's kind of like the 000. same amount of 
miles from Miami to Cuba type thing. It's way oh, down okay. there. Oh, that's not far at all. No, like, I mean, you can I, swim 90 that. miles or something. Yeah, like that. people do swim, dude. They do that. <laughs> okay, we won't go that direction. <laughs> nice. Was that, is that all you got in other news? Um, yes. Fascinating. He has we a got smirk some, like he wanted to I say something else. I was not prepared for Antarctic weather, and I think that was well, really cool. Tied into your high temperature in Canada. Uh, yeah, my gosh, and the high temperature six. I can't believe that sixty four degrees. I mean, that's were. only half of what Canada got, but it's. Antarctica. I know. <laughs> You're the other side. You of the don't earth. get any colder than Antarctica. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Okay, well, it's the long-awaited time for the next segment. Get ready to get educated in Shara's Fun Facts. I was raising the roof over here, getting ready for Shara's Fun Facts. Uh, we're ready to see what you've been preparing this entire time. Yes, and Grant was looking at me going, what are you doing? This is the <laughs> hardest I've ever had to work for Fun Facts, oh, just really? so you know. Oh, okay. Well, it took me all day. The, uh, the entire podcast. No, it I took don't me all day. You looking all day. <laughs> I have been lo- when I wasn't on the water. I was looking. Oh, that's right. You guys been on the water, yeah? For fun facts. I think the time that you look for fun facts is very exaggerated. <laughs> okay, so my okay, I'm going to leave my that. First okay. one was documented at 2:54 p.m. today. So okay, so you actually have been working. All right, so Shara, right. what is this week's fun facts? So this is called totally random. Probably oh. <laughs> useless information, fun facts. Okay. <laughs> I mean, most of them are useless I'm sorry, information. I'm sorry, did you say you looked very hard? On I her. did, and I was just stumped <laughs> all day. I was like, what to do? We did the Declaration of Independence last week. Yeah, we did lots of independence things okay, last week. Okay, so yeah. I have like four okay. follow-up fun facts for 4th of July. Okay. And then we just have totally random useless facts. <laughs> okay. Right. One president... Only one ever in the history was born on 4th of July. Hmm. Yes. And I'm guessing Corey knows Corey it. Pro- Corey knows this. That would be Ulysses Grant. Correct. No. Oh. He's a postmaster. Oh. What? You are no, wrong. No. And, 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 and forgive me. My, oh, no forgiving. My great, great grandfather, okay, Ulysses Grant, prior was born on 4th of July, but it's not him. Okay, so who is it, Corey? Calvin Coolidge. That's Calvin Coolidge. Was the first and so far the only president to have been born on 4th of July. On 4th of July. He was born July 4th, 1872 in Plymouth, Vermont. That's too long ago. And became president in 1923. <laughs> that, that's way too long ago. I heard nobody liked him. I, I didn't know much about Calvin Coolidge. No, I didn't either. So. I'm not going to spread rumors about the guy. You know, he's dead. <laughs> we might come for you. We don't talk about the dead. <laughs> Okay. So. Three presidents who signed the Declaration of Independence all died on July 4th. I think we covered two of them in my fun Yeah, we did talk about that. The same year yes. or? No, different. Now, two of them died the same year. Last week, that was one of our fun facts. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson both died on the same day. July 4th, 1826, within a few hours of each other. Yeah, I was going to say just a few hours, right. And that was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence that they died. But James Monroe, who was also one of the signers, died five years later, July 4th, 1831. Why is it they're always like cacking on the 4th? That's just wild. Weird is that, that they died on the 4th. Okay. John Hancock was the first person... To sign the Declaration of Independence, and if you've ever seen the Declaration of 
Declaration of Independence. Okay, try that again. Declaration <laughs> of Independence, which I have uh-huh. seen it in person. Oh, you're really experienced for these facts, aren't you? This is not. This I've is not. I've been there. She position. has done research. I have been this to the Smithsonian. A paid position. I have looked at yeah, the document. That's not where it's at. <laughs> it's not at the Smithsonian. They have a special area. Well, of... it's in Washington D.C. It's the Smithsonian in Miami, Oklahoma. I've been there. There's done cool, that. cool things at the Smithsonian, but that's not one of them. Okay. The Smithsonian is so many buildings you can't even see them all in a that's week. That's true. I actually have been there. Literally, yes. like you can't see them all in a week. There's so many. Anyway, John Hancock was the very first to sign it, probably because he was like the president of Congress at the time. Um, according to the National Archives, his bold signature, it was the largest, and he signed like dead center. So that's the reason why people use the whole phrase, put your John Kang Gotcha. Okay. Right here. Makes sense. He signed it the biggest and the boldest and, you know, whatever. Um, the largest ever firework display consisted of 810,904 fireworks. I'm that sorry, you expensive. split that up way too much. I... I don't remember the number. 810,904. But was it American? How long was how long of a wow. duration sound like it was According American. to the Guinness wow. World Records, the biggest ever fireworks display was achieved by Iglesia Ni Cristo, which is actually means Church of Christ. <laughs> over there going, uh-huh, I looked uh-huh. that up cuz I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> it actually means Church of Christ. Oh, wow. In the Philippines. Who welcomed 2016 in with a record-breaking bang. The display lasted for one hour, one minute, 32.35 seconds. That's way too long. At that point, it's like 20 minutes. I'm bored, right? right? Yeah, 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 I'd be bored at that point. Sadly, it poured rain the whole (laughs) way through it. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. Because I watched a 25-minute thing. How much money was spent? Oh gosh! You know Do you it have that? doesn't say because eight hundred ten thousand. I mean that's it doesn't say how much that cost. Millions. Thirty dollars a piece. Forty dollars. Millions. Uh, yeah. Well, back um, then it's probably like four. But bucks. Disney is the largest consumer of fireworks in the world. You know that makes sense, right? Who doesn't believe that? I know. The yeah. Walt Disney Company is said to be the largest consumer of fireworks in the world. It is estimated that they spend around fifty million a year. On their displays. Jeez. You know, Hershey Family Entertainment's going to start fireworks next, uh, oh. probably in a couple weeks. We stay open for a Moonlight Madness at Silver Dollar City, uh, beginning, I think, July 21st or 2nd. And we stay open for two weeks till 10 p.m., except for Saturdays. We stay open until midnight, and we have fireworks every night. Where Did- do they launch the fireworks at? There's not a very... Flat At spot. Echo Hollow. Oh, that's right. Echo Hollow. Right. They launch them in like the amphitheater, like on the stage. Yes, but no one's allowed in there. That's just where they launch them from. I think they are, actually. Anywho. Really? Huh. And that's the end of 4th of July. We're done. Okay. No, okay. 4th of July is done. We're over. To the 5th of July. Now. Oh, okay. We're over there. Yeah. I mean, July <laughs> is a pretty important month. Yeah. It does happen to be my birth month. 
Oh, oh yeah, we forgot. I was married that year. It's also the month we got married. <laughs> oh. We're married that Four days year, after huh? your 18th birthday. Oh. I also got Love married birds. that month. It's lovebirds. Yeah. I had a baby in that month. Oh. I was born on my mother's birthday. I was about to say, I was born in December. What are you talking about? Yeah, where it was and cold. <laughs> I've got five kids, so. You're one of many, Grant. One of many. <laughs> I guess I'm not that All important. Right. You should see me at the doctor's office when they ask date of birth. I'm like, which one? Uh, give me a second. Okay. Really appreciate totally that. random useless facts. There's no number from 1 to 999 that includes the letter A in its word form. I knew that. I didn't know that, but I literally sat there and... Went said, through all the numbers? And said the words going... 1 to 999? 1 to 999. There's no letter then A. There's no letter A. That's yep. that's just freaky. I'm about to sit here and do all that. Yeah, so Grant, Go you, for see, it. you sit back Have and fun. you're get one, two, three. Well, it you, basically repeats itself. You are yeah. 13.8% more likely to die on your birthday. What? According to a 2012 study published in the Journal of Something of Epidemiology, humans are 13.8% more likely to die on their birthday than any other day of the year. That's better than one out of 10. I don't believe that. That's Swiss mortality statistics from 1969 to 2008. So. It, oh, it's a Swiss, right? Okay. Oh, what do they have? Alps? Hey, <laughs> what? They, they are very they, great, good timekeepers. They oh, this, that's right. They have the watches and everything. Yes. They can tell when and you're going to die. Uh, their chocolate is unsurpassed. <laughs> their chocolate is great. Death by chocolate? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. We're, we're in chocolate. I'm allergic to peanuts, so I don't eat much chocolate, but Hershey's and true. Kit Kats. I'm not even... Dad, dad, get, yeah. dad gets so you mad. Know, you're not supposed to eat Kit Kats either because dad gets they're, processed mad when on Kit Kats. they're processed in the same factory that, that has peanuts. peanuts. I eat so a lot of Kit Kats. So if you have a death that. wish... You have an EpiPen, right? You know, also can't no, have M&Ms that you I'm having You need an EpiPen. He yeah. has multiple EpiPens. Yeah, you know. We have EpiPens all over the house. Okay. All right. Anyway. Playing. This is a, a very useful fact, and we need to use <coughs> this one frequent. Playing EDM. You know what that means. Electronic dance music. Right. Could be just what you need to scare away those pesky mosquitoes this summer. <laughs> According to one 2019 study published in the journal uh, Actatopica, the Skrillex song Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. That's a good song. I have it in my Spotify playlist. Seriously. That's like old now. That's okay. like 15 years Combines old. very high and very low frequencies as well as excessive loudness, constantly escalating pitch, and that discourages the yellow fever mosquito from biting victims and mating. So we just constantly play wow. that. Just, we just play EDM. Yeah, if you're outside, same I am two literally, songs. literally <laughs> scratching. <laughs> that's not what it sounds like. I'm literally picking at the mosquito bites that I got last night right now. I literally <laughs> walk outside and they like go, ooh, she's out. <laughs> Swarm. I got chiggers. Well, I, I don't like know me. if you guys realize this, but I work for Hershen Family Entertainment. Oh, No kidding. Wow. They have a mosquito... Defense mechanism built into the park. Oh, is it's, that public? It's all natural. Uh huh. And that's the forty thousand bats at Marvel Cave. They wake <laughs> oh, up at no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and they go eat all the mosquitoes. And we do not have a mosquito problem at 
So well, I've seen I remember of that. that now. I remember you telling me, that. and that's true. Bats love mosquitoes. Sure. Mm, nom nom nom. Okay. Nom nom nom. <laughs> there will always be a fierce debate over whether or not pineapple has a place on pizza. It's true. It does. It but does there's not. no question about where the Hawaiian pizza originally came from. Chatham, Ontario, Canada. Not Hawaii? No. <sighs> that ain't right. Restaurant owner Sam Panapolis was born in Pineapolis? Greece. Pineapolis? Pine- it's Pineapolis. Pineapolis. Well. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of rare to me. I that. <laughs> it was, Sam he, was, he was born in Greece, but he moved to Canada <laughs> when he was 20 years old. And in 1962, the entrepreneur decided to put pineapple on pizza. Passed away in 2017, and he once told BBC, we just put it on there because it was fun. We were trying out new stuff just to see how it would taste. We were young in the business, and we were doing a lot of experiments. The name apparently came from the brand of the canned pineapple that he bought on that faithful day. What was the name? It was called Hawaiian Pineapples. So I... I know there's a big debate. I am not a pineapple. I don't on pizza like pineapples, so no yeah. pineapples on my pizza. No, 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 not on the pizza. It has <laughs> to go with Canadian bacon. Mm. I, I love Canadian bacon, but I, I like barbecue. Do Canadian not. No, it is very good. It's a I texture thing with me. Pineapples are stringy. And no, they're not stringy at all. They, no, pineapples on pizza. No, they're are gritty. A good, not hard, but they're a decent amount of. Texture. It's not. A, it's not no like a. No ma- like fruit a, goes on my pizza. It's not a. Exactly. No fruit it, should go on pizza. Unless it's fruit and pizza. And why not? And well, why not? fruit pizza is a totally well, different story. Now wait a minute. Wait, technically, fruit does go on pizza because that's p- tomatoes or fruit. Correct. Oh, so, but see, I would rather not have those on there too, though. If you ask is me, is the pineapple actually <laughs> considered a fruit? Yes, because it grows on a tree. It's not a vegetable. Does, it's not a vegetable. Yeah, yeah. It's not a vegetable. I, it's not a nut. I was at Walmart the other day, and they had. Pineapples that you could buy in the lawn and garden section <laughs> that were growing pineapples, which is odd because this isn't the climate for that. But you can buy them right now at Walmart, a pineapple tree that's growing. It only grows one pineapple. How does it though. even the start say? How does it even survive in our climate? Well, good for you. Was it a pine- <laughs> it- just be cheaper to go buy a pineapple? I, really? But I don't ten know. Pineapples. It's unique. It's unique. <laughs> It is a novelty, so I get that. Okay, yes. The inventor of Pringles is Mm. buried in a Pringles can. My mother will like this because she is a Pringles addict. In 1966, Frederick Bauer developed the ingenious idea for Procter & Gamble to uniformly stack chips inside a can instead of just tossing them in a bag. Bauer was so proud of his invention that he wanted to take it to his grave, literally. He communicated his burial wishes to his family, and when he died at 89, his children stopped at Walgreens on their way to the funeral home to buy the burial Pringle can for his ashes. They did say they had a brief discussion on which... Kind, do we buy? We debated over what flavor to use. Had to go with original. Bauer's eldest yeah. son Larry told Time, but I said, "Look, we need to use the original," mm. and that's exactly yep. what they went with. So he's buried in an original Pringles can. 
That just makes sense to me. Well, he's not buried if he was cremated, right? Well, I mean, his ashes are. Well, in no, you just put the ashes in the can. The ashes are in the can, and that he's buried. Is, imagine that. Fun anyway, that going back kitchen. a little yeah. bit. Oh dear. Goodness. Okay, no, that's good. Pineapples are not grown on trees. Seriously. Just saying. Oh, they're not. They're not. I knew that. I didn't even realize. Like, no, they're grown under. They're like one of those things that comes up from underground. Correct. Like, Are they really? Yes, yep. like potatoes. Oh, I'm thinking a coconut. Yes, yeah. coconuts grow on trees, not pineapples. I wait. I got to get myself one of these because <laughs> I yeah. seriously was thinking. Well, pineapples grow on trees from a palm tree. No, coconuts grow on. Yes, a, coconuts oh. grow on trees. I'm a moron. <laughs> we'll okay, never mind. If you've ever wondered why <sighs> movie previews are called trailers, as I have. Yes, I have. To. I have wondered yeah. this. Where do you know why they're called trailers? Because you feel like this is something... I do not know. I feel like this is something you would know. Well, he hasn't sat up and smiled yet, so I don't think so. I feel like this is something he should know. No. What? I'm so disappointed. Even though they're shown before the film, why would they be called a trailer? You might be... it trailed the cartoon before the movie. You might be interested to discover their name was once more accurate. When trailers were first introduced in the early 1910s, the first one being for a Charlie Chaplin movie. They were shown after the movie, uh, i.e. trailing it. But when advertisers ah. realized uh, the audiences were leaving immediately after the feature film ended and the trailers weren't being seen, they moved them to the preview position where they remain today along with their iconic name, Trailer. So Wait. they just kept the name. So you're telling me the trailers were released after the they movie? They showed them after the main feature what film. What is the point of that? It was in 1910. They weren't very bright back there, then. There's an inkling of logic to that. But when the movie's over, I'm out of there. So right. I'm not People say. are like, Psh, see ya. <clears throat> yeah. Ready for but it to be see, on nowadays, though, But see, nowadays they show all these little extra things at the end of the film that you yeah. want to hang around yeah, like the, for. The bloopers or outtakes or whatever. Yeah, they do that. And just so everybody knows. Uh-huh. Oh, here. I did not know that. <gasps> wait, Thank wait, wait. You. Let us wow. pick ourselves up off the floor that Corey did not know something. Wow. <laughs> wow. The very first one ever that I remember a film like showing something <laughs> at the end after yeah. the credits. Uh-huh. Corey probably knows this one. Come on now. Well, there's so many now. No, no, no. The very first one that we remember. I can tell you the very first one. Hanging I remember, out at the end of the movie. It's not we going to be the same one you we were walking. <laughs> we were walking out of the theater, and suddenly something shows up after the credits. Oh. Because. Twister? No. Oh, what? Long before Twister. Oh, yeah. Wait. Aladdin. I don't remember that. The genie pulls down the screen. You hear this loud noise, and he goes, Made you look. Oh, that's not cool. But the it was after cool the cre- it was after and the credits. And one of the most famous ones is the end of the movie Thelma and Louise. I've never even seen that. So we need to watch yeah. Thelma and Louise. It was an iconic movie from the '90s, and something very important happens after the credits. Interesting. Oh. Well, I'm gonna have to watch it now. Don't tell me. There something you go. Very important. <laughs> don't ruin it. After the credits. But I well, just remember watching is, Aladdin in high school, and you're walking out. The credits have been rolling da, for a da, while, da, 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 and you hear this loud noise, and you turn around, and the genie's there, and he's like, "Made you look," and then the credits start rolling again. All right. All right. When you think of the Pope, you probably envision a holy man in robes, not an athlete. Mm. But did you know? 
Pope John Paul II was, in fact, a member of one of the most famous basketball teams in the world. The Pope's? I don't know. What? The Harlem Globetrotters. No way. No way. Disappointed that you didn't know that. No way. Hard to believe. I like to keep our podcast factual. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, no, no. It's and not, and 2000. Not, and not promote something that was a marketing ploy. In oh. 2000, the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> made the head of the Catholic Church an honorary member exactly. of their oh, squad. Honor, honor. Okay, that's well, where the record I had lunch with the Globetrotters oh, yesterday. That's treat. true. They were here, yes. <laughs> and? And they uh, said... No, I these guys weren't born hoops. yet. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> That's more than the Pope ever did. Oh. <laughs> you don't Speaking know that. Speaking of the Pope, he okay. may have shot he, some hoops with him. I won't even say that. Okay, okay. keep going. Okay. <laughs> the CBC rule. reported that the team's owner and chairman Manny Jackson and some players met with the Pope during a visit to the Vatican City, where the Pontiff was given an autographed basketball and his very own jersey. Oh. There you go. Nobel Prize winning scientist Marie Curie, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Madame, Madame Curie, Curie, yes, died as a result of the vast amounts of radiation she was exposed to during her own groundbreaking work. She killed herself. But her body wasn't the only thing to absorb the emissions. All her notes and her journals still are Her clothes and her belongings, including her furniture, her cookbooks, her laboratory notes. Everything was saturated with the deadly radium particles. And that's why even though Curie died around 85 years ago, her possessions are still radioactive. That stuff lasts forever. Okay, so radium has a half-life, because I looked it up, Mm -hmm. of 1,601 years. Years. They're likely to stay that way, so they're going to be radioactive for a long time. So every time you get a chest x-ray, it's with you. So no, tell me that's that, a very small, if I wanted to, if tiny I wanted to check out the journals and the belongings of, of, of you Curie, would have to. Would I head to the Smithsonian? Because no, they're in lead-lined boxes at France's <laughs> Bibliothèque Nationale in Paris. <laughs> It's they're a library. In, they're in Paris. <laughs> I took French in high school. Anyone who wants to see them can, but they have to first sign oh, a liability gosh. waiver. Oh, so they're going to get juiced. And or, agree yeah. to wear protective gear. <laughs> ah, yeah. So you're going to so get juiced. You can go read her journals, but you've got to sign a liability yep, waiver. Go read her journals and, and go to Paris. fry. Yeah, you're going to fry. They're going to fry. Okay, and we're gonna settle the debate right here. Okay, okay. Right now, tonight. Okay, uh, okay I got, I got both. <laughs> Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I think the egg had to come first. The, the chicken. Why? Uh, would I faithfully believe? Why? Why? Aww. Why? I got what he said. Uh, if you'll read the Bible. Genesis 1, 20 through 22, you'll find the following. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth, across the expanse of the heavens. Chickens can't fly or swim. <laughs> there you go. They drown. Okay. Anyway, ducks can. Yeah, but God, that's a duck. 
So God created the great sea of creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So where are we going with this? Therefore, according to Moses, who is who wrote Genesis, God made birds first and the egg would have come afterward when he said, be fruitful and multiply. I love some. I love my poached eggs. So yes. poached eggs. I am an omelet guy. Until he yes. told them birds to be fruitful, there were no eggs. I had some good poached eggs. The best poached eggs I've ever had. Sorry, what are we They're talking like about? English what muffins, does it have to do with? And then the eggs are over the English muffins. And the best I ever had was. A, <gasps> it's called an egg McMuffin. I love no, it. No, 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 no it's no, not no. a poached McMuffin. What? It was. Oh, it, it had a special name because it was oh, at uh, a Eggs poacher? Benedict. It was. No, I love eggs Benedict. Gotta make the bechamel sauce. This was at uh, what's that multi-million dollar resort owned by Johnny Morris that we used to stay at. Top of the for, Rock. Uh, well, it's before Top of the Rock, but yeah, basically it was okay. Big Cedar Lodge. Okay, Big Cedar. Yeah, we used to go there. We did. My boss. Would, <laughs> <laughs> my boss would pay oh, for us there to once. have a cabin there every Christmas. Remember, yes, we did get a very lovely cabin. Every and every Christmas. morning he paid for breakfast, and we had those uh, poached eggs, and they were wonderful. I don't remember having the poached eggs, oh, but okay, they mm. were great. I like butter. Nice. That's it. That's it, people. The chicken came first, and then God so, told so, it to be fruitful and multiply, so and the it chi- had an egg. So the chicken came first, and give us the omelets that we enjoy today. See, that's see. I haven't had a good omelet in a long time. Oh, I haven't made it for you then. Well, I think no, the best omelets no, no, we've ever no, no, had no, no, when no. we went on cruises. Oh, those them. are good. And that's why I haven't had an omelet. Oh, because you're looking for the cruise We've been on a cruise since 2016. We would have probably oh, been on a cruise by now if it, if it hadn't COVID. been for COVID. That's true. For some you reason, you guys are itching to go. For some reason, I'm in the mood for a huge for a for fried chicken. <laughs> what? That's because I'm wearing my chicken Annie shirt. That's what, what is that? I know that. With the egg and the poached egg. So, Rando's okay. wearing a chicken Annie's shirt. Yes, my chicken Annie. My, my wonderful sister in law got that for me because she lives in Joplin. So, yeah. so that's okay. why he's thinking fried chicken. I've only been there a couple times. Oh, they I've been have, there many times. They have wonderful fried chicken and they have this like German potato, potato salad. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're going so way off the rails. So those are now. totally useless facts that you will sleep better tonight knowing. You know, especially now that the podcast is probably going to come out tonight. So there you go. So there everyone, you go. Thank you for the facts. Yeah. Everyone will sleep better knowing. <laughs> True. Why the trailer is called the trailer and all that good stuff. And where we get our omelets. So they're the chicken and the egg. Game. I can only okay. imagine what the podcast name is going to be. <laughs> it's right here at the top. It is. Happy yeah, right happy feeling day. day. Okay, straight off. Okay, off we're going. Off the rails. I think it's time to get to the last segment. It's the weather word of the week. It is the Stormdar weather weather word of the week. And since Grant is back, we give it to him. Uh, I wasn't sure who was going to be here, so it's a pretty easy one. But I I found this one the other day, and I thought, that's really cool. So, Grant, what is this week's Stormdar weather weather word of the week? All right, the weather word of the week. Shorties. Tropical and subtropical. Nah, hold on. Got to get the clause. Wait, you got to okay. wait for everybody to calm See, down you first. Because everybody's excited. <laughs> so everybody's on their feet. You the You're weather like, word. I'm surprised down, we didn't see here. Tell me the weather word. <laughs> so I had to train him last week. So, See, that's why you're not a full member yet. Because right, you have to remember. Calm down, calm down. Wait, I'm wait for sure the crowd. I'm sure not to come back next week. 
Because we got tens of people here. Yeah, tens, tens of people are listening. The crowd is going crazy right now. Okay, I know. They just want to know shorties. Okay, what so, is the meaning? So, Grant, what, so is, what does shorties mean? Yes. Well, it actually means tropical and subtropical storms that have a duration of two days or less. Yeah, they're like, like fast poppers. Shorty. They, yeah, I found that out the it other day. It means what it means. There, there are Hi, lots shorty. of those. It's not an uncommon yeah. occurrence. No, no, because normally when you get a tropical a storm named storm, they last a few days, but you know one that just pops up and then within a day Some or two of them just can kinda... last for two weeks. Oh gosh, yes, they can. Some of them last trapes across yeah, the especially Atlantic. The early, especially the early storms. Oh they, yeah, they can last for a couple of days and then just die off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, any any type of tropical or subtropical uh, storm in Atlantic or the Pacific that lasts less than two days or less. So. You're laughing. Why? Unrelated. Okay, unrelated. So. I just think of that line in one of the shows that the kids watch. <laughs> you know, What's it up, is late. Shorty? It's after eleven o'clock. My gosh. So. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, since it's after eleven, we probably better my wind this down. Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, you guys got anything else to add before we wrap this up? Grant. Uh, well, actually, we didn't have to look up the what what shorties meant. It, it was pretty. Uh, Self-explanatory. Yeah, sure. I mean, we could have been talking about anything weather-related. We're talking about tropical storms. tropical depressions. I never knew it related to tropical depressions. Yeah. So, Corey, got anything else? Are you no, no, <laughs> no. And Sherry, it's past your bedtime, right? Way past my bedtime. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> I guess the the thing is, we're just gonna you know enjoy this week. Uh, got a little weak cold front coming through Wednesday. Otherwise, it's going to be typical summer weather until we get back for next week so grant thanks again for coming yeah uh we'll, we'll probably we'll, we'll work you up to this regular status maybe it kind of depends a on the member now uh, yeah well you're a recurring guest right now so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think it's about time to wrap this thing up so be sure to look for us on facebook at stormdar weather like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed you can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Stormdar Weather.